Hello and welcome to What's Your Story? Threads of Human Experience, the podcast that waves meaningful memories, unexpected lessons, and unforgettable encounters. I'm your host, Emma Boyne, and in this episode, we approach the unavoidable mortality of human life. Everyone is going to die. It's a fact. Janet Arnold has been surrounded by death since she was young and is very aware of the mortality we face. Now, she's a certified thanatologist who helps people navigate the difficult process that comes with loss. Join in as I talk to Janet Arnold and uncover the secrets of death. Honesty is reached through the doorway of grief and loss. Where we cannot go in our mind, our memory, or our body is where we cannot be straight with another, with the world, or with ourself. The fear of loss, in one form or another, is the motivator behind all conscious and unconscious dishonesties. All of us are afraid of loss. In all its forms, all of us at times are haunted or overwhelmed by the possibility of a disappearance. And all of us, therefore, are one short step away from dishonesty. Every human being dwells intimately close to a door of revelation they are afraid to pass through. Honesty lies in an understanding our close and unnecessary relationship with not wanting to hear the truth. It's the first day of class and students are bustling about in the hallways. A group lines outside of a classroom discussing what is to come. They chat about the apparent easiness of the class ahead and discuss the course load. None of the students know what to expect. Is it another boring lecture? Is the course load going to be heavy? With thoughts floating about, the students open the door as their professor follows behind them, each wondering what is to come. When Janet Arnold was 12 years old, she thought about taking her life. When she was 14, a close friend did. Ever since she was young, Arnold can remember experiencing a lot of death. She couldn't tuck the concept away, not when it was in her corridors, hallways, and walls of her life. Growing up, Arnold knew she wanted to talk more about her experiences with death. She spent years studying and working, filing documents and completing courses. With the test that comes every three years, Arnold has maintained her position as a certified thanatologist and one of two in Alberta. Her goal? to educate and familiarize her community on death and dying. I want students to get to a place of comfort with their own understanding of what death means to them because everybody can have a different perspective, whether it's their religious belief or their family upbringing or their culture that they come from. And again, once they understand what they believe happens after death, then they don't have to worry so much about it. Very attached to death and, and so. Very yeah. much so, but I do, I like honoring the changes and losses and... Working in a similar field as Arnold, Sonia Jakubek is a mental health nurse and researcher who spends her time analyzing the grief process. She notes that many people are unfamiliar with the process of death, making it difficult for them to comprehend. Um, people fear death and dying and even grief, (laughs) because of that discomfort, they fear the unknown, right, and uncertainty. They fear being powerless and being helpless. 
And, you know, when we, when we think about inevitable changes and, and even, you know, chosen changes that are, that are, that are even positive, there's sometimes a, a real kind of surrender and helplessness that has to, it's necessary as part of this circumstance. Uh, and that, that it's really challenging for, for us. Jakubek mentions that the feeling of uncertainty is not uncommon, and many people often feel fear after life-changing events. When someone you love dies, it can create a whole different world. So um, here's our venti. If we figured out the volume, I brought in my... Arnold's class files in as she prepares her notes for the lecture. The class bustles around with the sounds of paper, computers, and chatter filling the auditorium. As the projector whirs to life, Arnold greets her students and begins her class with a check-in survey. Teaching topics in death and dying, each of Arnold's classes are designed to discuss different areas that surround loss. The class allows students to feel comfortable in a space in which they discuss an emotionally challenging and often taboo topic. As people understand their own perspectives about what happens after death, that actually helps them live a more fulfilling life. And that's my goal when I teach the, the class that I teach, is helping death become more of a, less of a taboo topic, um, more something that, that students and often their families then feel more comfortable talking about and really addressing um, this issue that we often don't talk about in our society. The students quiet down as Arnold presses play on NFB's Surviving Death, Stories of Grief. Each member of the class is eager to listen in, all of them eyes glued to the screen. Whether for emotional understanding, conversation building, or a general interest, Arnold's class covers it all. For me, yes, it's an academic course, but it also really is about each student coming to their own understanding of their beliefs and being exposed to other people's understanding because that's the beauty of it is we all learn different things from each other. I learn a heck of a lot from students and that's what gives me so much joy is that we're all in there as a community building understanding together and appreciating when somebody has a different perspective than we do. Despite the taboo feeling of death, Many students attend Arnold's class because of the value they see within the course. Arnold assigns projects that allow students to critically engage in their own life and death, something that students like Taryn King find help explore their own beliefs. Honestly, it's been extremely enlightening. We've talked about so many different topics in death and dying, you know, different types of loss, Grief, things that you don't really think of as losses. You know, from the first class, she really laid out what it was going to be about. So it wasn't, there was no surprises in, in the, what we were going to be talking about. But yeah, just a lot of introspection <laughs> with some people. No, Sitting across from me, no, King recalls a particular so moment she felt Arnold change her thoughts on death. Yeah. I think so many people think of loss as death and someone dying, which is not necessarily true. People experience loss in so many different aspects. So that's been super eye-opening for me. And it's changed the way I view other people's situations where you may have been a little bit more callous with those things. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit more gentle 
with myself and with those around me. A major kind of question of mine too, I guess, is is when we go into these conversations or we talk about death, we kind of realize there isn't a lot of talk about it overall. So what has your experience been with kind of this more laid out discussion of death and, and what has that done for you in your perspective of looking at loss and death? Mm. Definitely. I mean, you know, personally with my family, and I think I, I don't want to generalize, but I think the vast majority of families aren't openly talking about death. <laughs> you know, it's not something that you chat about over dinner often anyways, it might come up here or there, especially if someone has died recently. But it's not something I think people actively try to talk about. While death is not an everyday discussion, it is an everyday occurrence. The ability to understand grief, the beauty of life, and the nature of death is what Janet Arnold says makes these conversations so important. As I sit in the front row of Arnold's class, observing each face in the crowd, I manage to catch a series of different expressions in the audience. Laughter, amusement, sadness, understanding. Each individual has their own way to express their own emotions. The fear, I think, it comes from our society. There are some societies who are very death literate, death welcoming, not de like not welcoming that I want to die, but it's, a, it's an okay thing to talk about because it's in their experience. In Western culture, um, society has done a really good or bad job, depending on how you perceive it, as pushing death away. So it's in the, the depths of the hospital, it's in the funeral home, it's not in our homes and in our communities like it used to be. When we are given the opportunity to talk freely without feelings of regret or remorse, it allows us to work through our anxieties and fears. I always liked that saying, that funerals weren't for the dead. They were for the living. Funerals and ceremonies, conversations and grief, are for the living to remember those who have passed as they were when they were alive. The memories come from being able to enjoy each day. Something that Sonia Jakubek emphasizes is an important part of the death system. I think everybody's different. Some people like a short goodbye. You know, think about people that skulk out of the party early, you know, and, they, they, and those people then that will stay to the bitter end and, you know, have one extra conversation or one uh, final drink at the end of the party, you know. So there's, there's that, people that love a long goodbye and some that don't, and everyone's different. I think that's been really key about this conversation well, I think too. I was literally just going to ask, um, what, what do you think with the, the difference in, in researching or talking about death and dying when you are in a comfortable place when you're not experiencing that kind of thing? What do you think the impact of that is compared to being surrounded by it and then having to experience it? <laughs> Yeah, I think there is. There's something about that befriending it, a curiosity and befriending it. And I, I've watched it in dying people. And, you know, that curiosity, acceptance of the kind of inevitable and, and having, having an openness. And I think when you do this kind of reading and discussing and having these conversations, you know, in advance, and, and again, it doesn't change the, the kind of intensity of, of um, you know, sorrow, for sure, you know, we're going to still feel sorrow from our loss, but that curiosity enables something else. It enables a kind of um, acceptance and uh, acceptance of difference and variety and what, whatever people might be experience, experiencing. Mm. 
In October, I was on holiday with some friends and their family members. And one of them, who's she's in her like 70s, 80s, we got to talking about the death of her sister 10 years ago. And I, she said that she couldn't understand why sometimes she still breaks into tears when she thinks about her sister or being in the location that we were reminded her of her sister and that was very sad for her. With a conversation and explanation, Arnold's friend finally had an epiphany. Nothing was wrong with her. Grieving, even years after, is a completely normal thing. So I could explain one of the theories that we use in class called the dual process model, where sometimes we're, we're dealing with our life, we're moving ahead on things, and then sometimes we get shifted back into that grief perspective. Sometimes it's because something that we saw or did, and that is a lifetime journey. I, don't, I do not believe grief ends. I don't believe we recover from it. I think we learn to cope with it, and our life grows around it. As life moves around us, we continue to forget to take a moment and breathe it in. Each moment that we live, we are closer to dying. But the saying, live life like it's your last day, doesn't exist for nothing. Talking about death does not kill you, which a lot of people sort of are scared of. Death is a human experience. None of us are going to get out of this alive. So let's face it now. Let's support ourselves and others who might be concerned about the whole topic. So those conversations are key to not only us understanding what our loved ones or ourselves would want, but in those times when choices, tough decisions have to be made, the family or whoever makes those decisions feels more confident that they are doing what the person wanted. And that's a huge thing that Canadian society is not real good at doing. You've been listening to What's Your Story? Threads of Human Experience. I'm Emma Boyne. Special thanks to Janet Arnold, Karen King, and Sonia Jakubek for chatting with me. This series was produced in Mokinsis, also known as Calgary, the ancestral lands of the Nitsitapi, Iahe Nakoda, Sutina, and Metis peoples. This series is a part of the Community Podcast Initiative based out of Mount Royal University, where we are grateful for the opportunity to create, learn, and grow. As our stories intersect, we see value and importance in learning about the people and places where our lives unravel and recognizing our responsibility to decolonize our media practice. What's Your Story? Threads of Human Experience is powered by Shaw. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you can pull more threads and discover more stories. Thank you.